Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I honor myself by delivering clear boundaries for my highest good. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. Jane is giving you all a beautiful affirmation to start off today's show. So we're going to encourage you to write it down and use it uh, in your personal practice. And we'll say it again at the end of the show just to drive it home. Because today's show, which by the way, we have done one year, Jane. Yay! Well, we, did, we didn't even notice. And like last, the last episode was actually our 52nd episode. So that's a full year, one per week for a whole year of episodes. Fantastic. Can you believe that? we've found that much content? <laughs> <laughs> can you believe we can talk that much? Can you believe yes. we have to find another year's worth of content? <laughs> but I want to say thank you to everybody that has listened to this, that has helped to make this. It's been a pretty consistent top 10 iTunes podcast on wellness over the year. And that's just, it's actually quite, I'm in awe of that. Like it's really, the ripple effect just amazes me. You know, we get these beautiful emails from countries like, you know, Lebanon and, and Germany and New York. And it's, it's just Thank you so much for listening from the bottom of our souls because it really does bring Beck and I so much joy to have the chance to chat with you each week. We love you guys. We love doing Love Life and we're glad that you love it too. So we wanted to talk today about um, ways to say no. Okay. So this was actually another reader suggestion. Um, I forget the exact – did you get the email, Jane? Well, we actually had a couple of people that there was a um, – we did a podcast right back near the beginning about how to say no, and we got quite a, few, a couple of emails from that saying, would love a podcast that just gives example after example after example of how to implement mm. the power of the word no into your vocabulary. Different scenarios around no, and also I think we're going to look at things like power, boundaries, you know, things like that, which will be very, very interesting. Okay. So, Jane, do you want to kick this off with with something that you'd like to, to share to start with? Because, look, Jane is a, Jane's a master of words. <laughs> Jane is one of the most amazing people I've ever met when it comes to being able to phrase things delicately with strength, but with, you know, politeness or like, I think you're, you're, you're very clever at being able to say or write, you know, the correct communications in awkward situations. So on that Thank note, you. I'm going to hand it over to you, Jane. <laughs> okay. Look, I, I feel that once you master this, you have such a freedom in life that you can tread wherever you wish to tread and have no fear. And that's really what our whole podcast is always about, is how can you come from love and not fear? So it's, it is a really cool tool to spend some time and master. And like anything, you know, to get good at something, you've just got to practice it. And maybe I just had a lot of dramas in my life in the past that I actually became good at it. I had a lot of practice, a lot of experience at having to find the right words. Um, it probably originally stemmed from being feeling as though I was often misunderstood. Right. So hence I became probably what's called an over-talker. Um, I you call know, it use too many words. Overactive throat chakra. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a few tools that I think you can put together when you want to say no. Now, the first thing is to come from kindness. So when you say no, it's not about attacking somebody else or blaming them for placing you in a situation where you now have to say no. You've just got to own your own boundary and speak really kindly. So you speak your truth, but you speak it with kindness and compassion. One of the things that's important is perhaps to honor what the person may be asking of you that you're wanting to say no to. Um, and you do that by 
repeating back what it is that they are desiring. So you're acknowledging their request respectfully. And most people will do that and then replace the word but. And when you use the word but, whatever content has come before that word is actually dismissed. Yeah. So you need to replace the word but with however. Because now we've got a structured sentence of, of energy that is being accepted all the way through. The flow is going through. That's probably one of the first things that I really practiced. And I asked a few friends to pick me up on it, that if you ever hear me say the word, but can you pick me up on it? Because I want to get really good at this. Jane is really good at this. She's, you just slip it in like it's unbelievable. So let's give a scenario. Um, Jane, I really want you to come and present to this thing on Friday night. Please, please, Jane, you'll do it, won't you? I would love to do that. That sounds exciting. Thank you so much for thinking of me. However, unfortunately, I've got other commitments on. Okay, so there's the however. There's the so however. You don't have to say but, I can't. No, because I say but, it's like, actually, I really don't care about your function. I've just, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so the word however is a very inclusive word. The word but is an exclusive word. It, it excludes something. Such a subtle thing mm. and yet so powerful. It's dynamic. This words are powerful. It's NLP stuff, isn't it? Well, it is. And actually, even though, you know, I did that course and I want to do a lot more NLP, um, that's my plan over the next two or three years is to do a lot more of that. Which is neuro-linguistic programming um, for those of you playing at home. But this is one of those things. Well, there's my word bit. <laughs> but <laughs> now everyone's going to pick me up and say, oh, you just said but 16 times in that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. However, um, I did do a lot of it naturally, and, and this was just one of those things I learned along the way. Um, what else have we got? I think that it's good to offer an alternative. So if we want to use the same example, it could be, you know, oh, that sounds so fabulous. That I love the idea of your event, and I'd love to come and talk at it. However, I have got something else on this Friday night. Do you have other events that maybe I could do in the future? Yes. However, if you really can't stand the person and okay, you, you don't never, want to do it? ever want to do anything with them. Okay. Then you say, unfortunately, I'm not able to um, help you out this week because I've got something else on. However, would you like me to see if I can come up with some suggested speakers for you? Now, that is brilliant. So you're offering a solution. You offer the person a solution. That's right. Yeah, or you refer them on to somebody else, yes. which is a really proactive and beautiful way. It leaves a good taste in their mouth, so it leaves good rapport with yes. you and that person. They don't think of you as, ah, stupid old so-and-so who rejected me, or, oh, she's so lovely and friendly, that Jane. You always feel like you can ask her a favour, and even if she can't help you, she'll find a way to do You know, it's that kind of a feeling, Which is right? great, yeah. You feel good about yourself. You know you've helped them, and you've kept your boundaries. You've been honest and, mm. and honouring your desires really firmly but with kindness so i'm sort of on the of the belief that if you really have attracted someone into your life that's very naggy like they they just keep coming back at you with the same request or they can't let go or you get that sick feeling of dreading your stomach oh here comes tina coming around again or, or whatever it is i believe that they're probably feeding off your energy so i'm thinking that you're probably not putting out a strong enough energy of no so you might be giving that person the words but they know there's some holes in the old aura there <laughs> and they're poking and prodding because they're hearing, well, they're not hearing the note, but they're, they're seeing the body language is a maybe or a, I'm not sure or I could be convinced. And that's obviously something that you haven't come to full resolution with. You haven't, you're not really owning it. They're yourself. not believing you. They're reading something in you that they're not believing. That's right. And that would come about because one of three things is not in alignment. Your words, your thoughts and your emotions need to be all in alignment for people to sense genuineness. Yeah. And when they're not, you're kind of saying one thing and thinking another or you're acting one way and speaking another. And you're giving very mixed messages 
to, to people and to the universe, because even people who are the least spiritual people you'll ever meet, it's like everyone's still got this primal sixth sense instinct, like this little radar for energy, whether they know they're using it or not. It's the same reason why people can, like if there's an open house inspection, you, the minute you walk across the threshold, you kind of know if it's for you or not and you haven't even seen all the rooms yes, yet. Yes, right? or when you feel that you know somebody's walking up behind you and you turn around and there's someone there. Yeah, exactly. And and of course, it's that, that, that radar as well that we might use in business. So you meet someone and you think, I just don't trust that guy. I've got no experience to go on. It's just a gut feeling that I probably wouldn't go so well working with him, you know, those kinds of things. So this goes back to what we're saying. If, if you're doing kind of the, oh, no, oh, you know, this, or even if you're saying no and it's actually quite firm but they're still coming back, there's some part of you that's not really owning that no. That's right. Or how else can well, we rephrase one of the things Guilt or um, wanting to people please is maybe the undercurrent there? And you're possibly game playing. Inconsistency. Okay. Inconsistency will keep people coming back. So you might say no. It's it's like a toddler that says, but please, but please, I want it, I want it, I want it. And then eventually the mother or father weaken and give in. And so the inconsistency it's a has behavior. now, that's right. And that toddler will always keep coming back and it that's gets right. easier and easier and quicker and quicker yeah. each time. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I was talking to a gorgeous 15-year-old boy yesterday who was <laughs> nagging his mum so much for something. And I just turned to him and I said, so when was the last time that the nagging worked? And uh, and because I know that she's actually quite firm in her boundaries and she stands by her words. Right. And she explains why and she educates them beautifully. And he said, actually, it's been a long time. And I said, well, when are you going to give up the nagging? Because it's actually not working for you. And- <laughs> Jane, hilarious. <laughs> and what, was it? what did they say? <laughs> oh, he always bit used to me. He always just gives me a cheeky look, rolls his eyes and moves on. He's still a teenager. He's <laughs> yeah, still got to try. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, if you are, while you're learning this, a tool – is to help buy yourself some time. Right. Okay, because one of the things that does take practice is to be able to just react positively with solutions, with, you know, mastering these kind of different words. It does take time to be able to just be able to roll it off the tongue. It does. So initially you want to buy yourself some time. So you hear the request, you repeat back the request, you say that you would love to be able to t- help them. However, I'm not sure if I can. Can you leave it with me and I'll get back to you within? Give a time frame, like two days, or it depends what it is. Give a time frame and then make sure you do get back to them. Yeah, definitely. Now, long term, I want people to be able to speak their truth. But sometimes initially while you're mastering this, it's easier to do it in the written word. So you might find that you buy yourself some time. Then you go away, quickly listen to this podcast or work out your words that you want to use. And then draft them nicely and then send it when you're happy with it in either a text message or an email. I'm such a big fan of that because obviously it's the chance, you know, you can write it, you can sleep on it, you can read it again in the morning, you can show it to a friend, you can get the wording just right so it's delivered as perfectly as possible. And, you know, if it's a no, just remember, well, it is a no because this is what the podcast is about, giving no's to people. You don't need to go into drama, explanation, justification. No. You don't need any extra waffle in the email other than a few very polite, concise sentences stating that it is a no, uh, maybe I'm sorry, uh, like as Jane said, maybe this is a solution, can't wait to hear from you next time. You don't need to go into paragraphs of, my mum got sick and this happened and, yeah. oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, don't, don't worry about it. Because actually that's people – because even if you have all this drama going on in your life, if you want to say yes, you'll say yes. Mm. But you're wanting to say no because it's not suiting you, regardless of what drama's going on in your life. So as you bring that drama into the story, that's actually the part where people are not buying. That's the way. That's where they're actually going. This doesn't ring true. 
Yeah, because every time you throw up a scenario, they might throw back another counter argument for your scenario. So don't don't go with scenarios as your leverage or your proof or your argument. Like, you know, we're not debating teams here. We're not lawyers. Like, it's just no because your soul or your body thinks it's a no. That's and that right. never has to be justified and this is honouring the self. And on that note, I want to say that the more you find home the ability to tune in with your own inner compass or inner radar so that any choice or decision that's presented with you in a moment, whether it's do I buy broccoli for dinner or pizza or whether it's do I accept <laughs> this job or do I not accept this job, like, you know, the small stuff to the big stuff in life, a quick no is better than a slow maybe. Yes, exactly. Because, And this is what we're saying about training those around us as well, how to respond to us. So the more you dilly-dally, the more you dither, the more you um and ah, the less clear you are in your communications. You're just creating more grief for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And those, the, the inability to say no can get you into a lot of trouble. And I've actually had long periods of my life where I've gone along, gone along, gone along with people, with events, with jobs, with relationships, with situations, because I just kind of didn't know how to say no. Because for me, I equated it with being a bitch. I didn't actually realize it was a personal power thing. And it's a human right to happiness is actually a boundary setting. I I originally was the people pleaser because I had a fear that people wouldn't like me if I said no, that they would withdraw their love from me or their friendship from me. Correct. And uh, we would refer you you at this point to self-love podcast <laughs> yes exactly yes and you know look if you are in a situation like that too this isn't about going from from you know kindergarten learning to master this is about applauding and celebrating each time that you manage to say no so if you say yes six times and then you say no to a seventh situation feel good about that yeah and Start to document the outcome because you probably are, or the chances are that you have a fear of saying no because something's going to occur as a result of that. And if this is something that you are not used to, like me, like I've had to practice and learn and I'm still practicing and learning, don't be too hard on yourself. Like we yes. can be such perfectionists. We can just be so hard. Nobody's harder on ourselves than we are. It, you know, and I'll just be like, oh, and I didn't do that as, you know, I didn't say the right thing or I know better than that. How could I have done that? Or, or I said no, but I still felt scared. Well, go easy on yourself. Exactly. You know, at least you're consciously aware of the situation, and which means you are working on exactly. it. Exactly, and you're trying to do better, and that is all that we can ever ask of ourselves. I come back to that beautiful book, The Four Agreements, Do Your Best, and that means acknowledging that your best is your best in any given situation. Mm. If you are a rookie at this, um, you know, this is one of those things that can actually work with when you're driving, speaking out loud in an empty car or to a mirror at night in your bedroom, practicing what we call anchor phrases. So you need to practice some stock phrases. So things like, um, I'm no, I'm no longer willing to do that or that doesn't work for me. I prefer not to, you know, just some, some things that you can automatically find coming out of your mouth if you've practiced them enough. They're tough words to say. They are. There's a lot of a lot know, of it's in the delivery. Exactly. Because you've got to come through with it with, with certainty and with, with a bit of fire sometimes. You know, you might need to have a tone to get the message across. No, I'm sorry, I prefer not to do that. Thank you. Correct. But if you want to do the soft version first, it's almost like, you know, the salesman. The salesman has the, the first trial close or whatever they call That's it. Right. They have the soft close, soft close. And then they've got the, the harder close and then the hard close. It's like that. So while you're learning, you can start with a softer, softer close, if we call it that. A softer no would be using the sandwich method, which we have talked about on other podcasts, but I'll, I'll go over it now. Yeah. Okay. So the sandwich method is stating something positive, placing what's going to be perceived as the negative and then in the middle and then having a positive 
negative at the end. So it's your sandwich, it's your, you know, your bread, your filling, your bread. So in this example, what was the saying that you said? I would prefer not I to. I prefer not to. Okay, so in this example, it could be, um, okay, so you'd like me to look after the children for you on Fridays. I would prefer not to as I do have other commitments I need to meet. However, I wondered, have you tried Susie? Because I know that Susie doesn't work on Fridays. Now, that might make sure you speak it honestly and you're not just flicking your painful problem over to poor old Susie. Yeah. But um, there's your suggested solution. So you've gone in with a kindness. You've got a positive thing of, of you know, yes, I hear. And you could even finish that with, you know, only if it's your truth, though. I really do love your children. They're always welcome in my home, and I wish I could help you mm. regularly. However, I would prefer not to. But the no, the no is sandwiched in the middle. That's it. I would prefer not to. Um, and then come in with your solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And that's your soft no. Mm. Um, now, so we talked about the sandwich method. Do we want to go through some examples of of challenges? Because I think that's what a few of the listeners said. But yeah, they come back at me with a whole heap of things, but they didn't come back. So uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. But look, because. I think I have to talk about dating because that's what I do. I was just about to ask you a dating question. And I was going to say probably the biggest thing that I want to help, particularly women, but it can be people with, is I have helped guys as well, is the ability to say no to sex. I was just about to use that scenario. Oh, well, what are you, psychic? Yeah. just yelled I think we've just gone off the Richter scale here with the recording sorry so everyone who's listening in headphones sorry sorry no do you know a long time ago in one of our very early podcasts we talked about how women in this culture and back to the people pleasing thing are so often find themselves in situations where if he's bought her dinner she thinks she has to go to bed with him mm. and, and other scenarios along mm. those lines and you'd see that a lot with your matchmaking work loads, in the dating world loads. and particularly with people that are older yeah so you know it, it gets quite more it gets a lot more complex people in their 30s 40s and 50s than it does with people in their 20s um but and there might be teens listening that need to know how to well they no do no need to well. that's it now here's the thing is that women so we're going to go with the traditional scenario, the, the most common, which is that a man um, a man asks, do you want to come back to my place or starts, you know, pashing you heavily and it's all getting a bit heated. But usually it's do you want to come back to my place or something like that or yeah. can I come to, to your place or whatever um, or grab your toothbrush. Um, so I've had women that have been deeply insulted by that. What do they think I am? Am I that kind of girl? Now, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people who believe that women fall into two camps. They're either, um, stuck up or they're sluttish. It's pretty harsh. Isn't it, it is harsh, but that is that the, the middle ground is where people want to be, but they don't know how to get there. And so the whole sex things confuses that. I don't want to be perceived as one of those women. Obviously, I must be coming across as that. If he would even think to ask me that, he must believe that I'm one of those girls that puts out on a first date or a second date or a third date or whatever. Maybe he just really wants a cuddle. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Exactly. Now, the first thing is congratulations that this God, this man has found you attractive, which is a good thing because if you're meeting men and they're not finding you attractive or sexually desirable, then you're going to have a harder time. Right. So this is good. But the second thing is that nothing happens without your permission. The woman actually holds all the power here. So it's all in how do I say no without losing the chance of having a second date with this guy because I actually really like him. Now, that's often where people are at here. Right. So it's very simple. It would be along the lines of, I've really enjoyed spending time with you tonight. Thank you for your very kind offer. However, I'm not ready to go there yet. Now, 
that's it. I'm not ready to go there yet. It's an I statement. It's one of your power statements that you came up with before. I would really rather not do that. Instead, it's I'm not ready to go there yet. Now, he's only heard two things. One, that you've enjoyed his company. So that's a tick because he's obviously into you. And the second is the word yet. Now, if he's a keeper and not a player, then he's got, you've just got the second date. Right. And then the same thing comes at the second date. It might happen on the fifth date, the seventh date, whatever. At some point, you then just say, you know what? I am really into you and I am looking forward to having an intimate relationship with you. However, I actually am not interested in having intimacy until we are in a monogamous relationship. Right. And you're putting your boundaries down or until whatever, you fill in the boundaries until I know you better, until I feel safer with you, until we've gone and had health checks, whatever your boundaries are. Right. That's where you have it. What about the conversation where I've got a girlfriend who's actually had a bit of trouble with this herself and she's in her 30s, but Mm -hmm. it's the whole when the boy doesn't put the condom on and she actually, her self-esteem is often not strong enough to um, get him to do it. Well, that's self-love, isn't it? Because she would risk... She would risk a, a life-changing disease mm, by not doing it. Unwanted pregnancy. Well, it's interesting how often when you say to a guy, oh, you actually start to get out of the bed or the couch or wherever it is that you're making out, when you actually make the move to actually leave, how quickly that condom will be put back on. Right. You right. just have to make a move. Right. You just go to do a physical movement of, oh, okay, I understand. I, I respect that that's how you feel. I respect myself. And a guy that really is looking at you for relationship material is going to want a woman that honors her own body. He's going to want what you want as exactly. well. You know? Exactly. So everyone's happy and enjoying the energy. Exactly. So on this note of no with sex, there's a new movement in the States at the moment, which I think is quite interesting, where which has to do around education of young boys. And what they're teaching boys is um, it's, like, it's almost like they're taking the emphasis of no, like so the female. They're saying, don't, it's not about the no's, don't look for no's. They're saying what you want, the only situation you want to be in with a girl is when she's giving you an enthusiastic yes. Oh, not just nice. Not just a yes, not a sort of, oh, maybe, oh, or, a, or a yes. That's clever. But an enthusiastic yes. So they're saying the only sex you should be having she is completely she's ready and yeah. it's going to be a beautiful experience. And it's going to be experience. amazing. And so oh. unless you have an enthusiastic yes, don't bother. Isn't that cool? Oh, I love so that. If anyone's listening with teenage sons, you've got your homework. <laughs> That's very, very empowering. Mm. Okay, we need to move on to other things. And with the date, it's the same thing. You know, people have a hard time with a date. You know, what if somebody asks me out and I don't want to go? Again, you just say, you know what, I really enjoyed meeting you. I found it really fascinating. There's something nice about them. You know, I enjoyed hearing your story about your travels to Italy or whatever. Yeah. And just say, but, you know, I would prefer not to, but thank you. Yeah. Wish you all the best. Nice right. little sandwich method. Bullying scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I I employ something in the right situations, which I call the wall of silence. And well, Jane's going to explain the ways that you shouldn't do it or the ways that it won't work. But when it does work, it's when somebody comes at you who's high drama, high um, highly toxic, very verbose, so they're going to tell you a million scenarios or they're going to come at you from a million different ways. They want to get into a rant. They want to get into a power play. They want to get into an energy exchange. They're looking for you to give them something so they can give you something back, whether all of this is over email, over text, in real life. And the best thing to do with any bully in that scenario is actually hold your own energy and give them nothing to work with. Now, some people don't understand that concept. They think that it's weakness or that you should stand up or 
I don't know, fight back or something like that. But actually, it is the most powerful thing an individual can do. It is to choose not to engage. And if you want to put it into spiritual terms, it's almost like I no longer wish to lower myself to the vibrational level that you are operating at. I am up here, and until you want to come and meet me up at this level, I am not having lowering myself to a conversation with you. Absolutely perfect. What tends to happen is that, People will be able to maintain doing that while they're full of good positive energy, but when they're tired, when their resilience is low, then they buy back into the drama. Right. And so then there's the inconsistency. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you exactly. can't afford that. You've got to remain consistent. So it's as few words as possible. So, for example, I, I had a raging kind of bully girl come at me on email the other day, spouting all these paragraphs of threats of the, in them to me and stuff like this. So I responded. I didn't answer a single one of her points because none of them were logical. Like this is just this is just energy attack, right? So I wrote back. I did a bit of Jane. Warm hello. Thank you so much for contacting me. I'm sorry you feel this way. One statement saying something about, you know, it's always good to just honour your truth within. Like, as in other words, you know, you're right. It's kind of like saying you're right. You're right for yourself. Yep, you own the power. And then, you know, hope you have a lovely 2014, have a lovely year. That was my email. It was four lines long. Her email was over four paragraphs long. She wrote back straight away, told me my answer was absurd and had another massive crack at me. And I deleted and blocked her. That's it. Perfect. Wall of silence. Perfect. Done. Done. You do not. And there's so many people who'd want to engage again because she's written back something and straight away you want to say something back. And I said, You're in a child. Listen to our podcast from a couple of weeks ago. All the time. And I just find that kind of behavior exhausting because you're not getting anywhere. It's like swimming around in circles. Exactly. Now, look, I just want to quickly touch on, we're going to run out of time soon, but I want to touch on money because that's a really tough one when people want to borrow money off you. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, and it can get really tricky. So, again, you want to say no and you can use. Use the words of, you know, I would prefer not to or I don't have the uh, opportunity to do that. But, but, but what you can do here is find a solution. So the perception might be that they are desiring money, but maybe you can help them in other ways so that they can save the money that they are needing. You know, look, I'm not in a situation or I would pref- I don't wish to do that. However, I understand that you're in this situation. Here's some suggestions of other ways that perhaps I could help you. Would it help you if I um, took you shopping and I showed you how you could shop more affordably? Or could I give you some good recipes to cook um, low budget food. Yeah, exactly. Or do you want me to come around to your home and I'll help you to, to save on your electricity bill? Or, you know, just find ways that you can offer to help or somebody. Just say no. Well, I'm assuming that these people are people that are important in your life because if they're not important in your life, then it's easy to say no. It's the people that are important in our life that we don't want to disappoint, that we want to help, yeah. that we're wanting to say no that the most challenges come from. So that's why I'm going into these in a bit greater detail because we're wanting to honour the relationship. We're wanting to keep the rapport there Mm. while still honouring our boundaries, and that is the secret. Mm, It really is the secret. Exactly. You know, the extra work. You know, can you stay back late and work tonight? I would love to do that. However, I do have other plans this evening that I can't break. When would it be possible for me to perhaps be able to look at this tomorrow morning? Uh, If you're happy to, do you want to come in 15 minutes earlier? Or do you want to say, look, actually, there is something I've been meaning to talk to you about. This system could be more efficient and that would enable me to take on some extra things during my regular hours you know come up with your solutions but remember buy your time first and just say look i can't help you tonight but perhaps i can tomorrow i'll get back to you yeah and then think of the solutions because there's always solutions if you get creative there are and, if you get stuck, and that's kind of the fun part. If you get stuck, Jane will have some. <laughs> and Jane, you know, you're a mother to two teenagers, or nearly one's nearly a teenager. Yep. Have you done the conversation with them about saying no to drugs? 
Uh, we've done the conversation in general. What would you recommend? We've talked about peer group pressure. Um, I feel that any decision that is controversial that they want to make in their life has to be premeditated. It's not to be reactionary. Right. So if they choose to tra- take drugs, and I certainly hope they don't, but if they do choose to, it is something that needs to be planned. Like we've brought them up that any big decision they make in their life, whether it's that they've been saving some money up and they want to buy something, um, you know, they've, they've saved up $100 and they want to blow it on something, they actually have to think about it for a month. So they, their desire is born. Beautiful. And then it has to be consistent for the whole month because people change their mind. So if the desire is born to have sex or if the desire is born to take drugs or any of those, you know, life-changing mm. situations, mm. it has to be premeditated. They've got to actually think about it for a period of time before they're allowed to action it. Okay. So I started that from them really young, like even as little as I want my hair cut and they wanted really long hair and their hair was really long. Yeah, sure, hair grows back. It's just a physical thing. Who cares? But I just wanted to use those things as examples of, how you can change your mind. So when you're making a decision that's going to be permanent for a period of time, yeah, allow yourself the wisdom to recognize you may change your mind. Yeah. I think I've also heard, not having teenagers myself, that you know one of the best ways teens can counterbalance, like if they are at a party or everyone in the circle has just accepted, say, a joint and they're the last one and it's yeah. a no, and there's a lot of pressure on you in that moment because yeah. you're the only one who – you know, it hasn't, so all that's on your shoulders and everything. And there's just two key words. It's confidence and it's humor. And in fact, I think adults can use this in other situations as well. So it's either make a joke out of it, but do have the self-love, just that that confidence. So you say, oh, no, thanks, I had crack for breakfast. Something, you know, you just got to be clever and have that fun with clever. it. That you is clever. That is clever. Oh, I love it. We're going to finish on that off. note. If I had crack for breakfast, we're ending our podcast on how to say no. no. We're ending our podcast on Jane's affirmation. We are going to end it, which is take a deep breath, everybody, let it out, and say or write, say aloud in your head or write out with a pen. I honor myself by delivering clear boundaries for my highest good. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today on the wellnesscouch.com slash love life and life. I think it is. <laughs> and, yes, on it is. Facebook. and on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash love life show. One word. Love to hear from you. Have a gorgeous day. We can't wait to see you next week when we're going to be talking about past lives and soul families. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.